Well, welcome back to the Multipod. I am your co-host, Ted, and with me is the co-host, Vanessa. Actually in person with you. <laughs> <laughs> and with us also is Taylor. Hello. And yep, this is a groundbreaking, exciting moment for all of us, <laughs> everyone here at the Multipod, all of our loyal listeners for the past two and a half years. This is the first episode of the Multipod we have ever recorded in person. Really? Yay. The first one? Yeah. I've wow. met. I met Sandrine a couple times. We didn't do any recording. We just met in person okay. and that was nice. But um, yeah, we never, uh, we've never done anything in person. Well, then this is oh, exciting. Great. I'm glad yeah. I'm here for this. Yeah, me yeah. too. <laughs> Taylor is my husband, just so everybody knows. Yep. No, I'm just some random guy you picked off of the screen. No. <laughs> like, hey, do you want to be on the groundbreaking episode of this podcast? <laughs> We're going to do it in person for this first time. We want you. Exactly. Yeah. But I will also say Taylor is a podcaster as well. Yes. So he yeah. knows what he's doing. Oh. Yes. I know hold, <laughs> how to hold the microphone. At least. If, if there's anything that we need, it's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we are sitting on my back deck here in Gatineau, just across the river from Ottawa in yes. Canada. We're technically in Quebec, but of course across from Ontario. Taylor is from Ottawa, right? Yeah, Basically. that's correct. Yeah. Basically Ottawa. Yeah. yeah, you grew up there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Grew up there. Yeah, and just 30 minutes east of there, if we want to be okay. technical. But yeah. Yep, so <laughs> yeah. in the region here. And, <laughs> in the um, region, yeah. Uh, Vanessa and Taylor live in Edmonton, Alberta, these yep. days, but they're back here for a visit. So, of course, mm-hmm. we uh, we said to each other, well, this is our chance. Totally. Because Vanessa and I, have, we've known each other for two years or so now, right? At least. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Now, this is an interesting point to start with. Have you mm. ever met someone online, uh, in person, who you met first online? Yes. Yeah, yeah me okay. too. Yeah, me too, but... But it is an interesting kind of feeling, right? Experience. Yeah, it is interesting. But I feel like I remember when I was like young and AOL was the big thing. (laughs) And it was like, you know, don't meet strangers offline, la la la. Don't give out your personal information. Still true. Still true. Mm -hmm. But it feels like we have more ways these days to make sure that people, you can't 100% know this, but make sure that people are at least mostly what they say they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So with Facebook, you know, you can see usually like actual pictures of people. Or um, the forum where we met, it's like you have to, not just anybody can join the forum, right? That's true. Um, for the, the Putty Tribe and stuff like that. So it feels different these days. Some like Meeting people online and then meeting them in person is not so unusual anymore, I think. Yeah. You know? And we've learned like how to make it safe in other ways too. Yeah. To make sure you meet in a public area, maybe bring a friend with you. Yeah. All oh, yeah. those things. Yeah, yeah exactly. A little, yeah. a little bit more safe. Uh, my first time meeting someone that I met online first was actually someone else's friends who I also podcasted with and you podcast with on an X-Files podcast. Hmm. And she yeah. had made these friends online for years and years and years. And we had met them online for maybe a couple of weeks before we all met up. And I was pretty nervous about it. But I was like, well, let's go to a restaurant, public location. Yeah, we all went together as a group. And now we're all like best friends, yeah. which is pretty, pretty oh, cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty neat. How about you? Well... For starters, I had, it's true, I had kind of the same impression about an hour ago when you guys showed up and, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I didn't kind of bat an eye because like, of course I know you, I've known you for two years, yeah. right? And now you're sitting yeah. right in front of me right yeah. now, but it's like, I mean, we talk, video helps. Video is a big difference that's for sure. So that true. is, that's true. That yeah. helps. So you, uh, you get yeah. almost everything of the interaction without yeah, that's true. as much of the visual cues maybe or something. But, totally. But yeah, my I go back to the early days of the internet and back in... Uh, I guess the late 90s, I was into uh, sim racing, which is like Formula One racing with computer games. Okay. Cool. And which blossomed with the internet into um, basically online communities where people would like race the game together. Yeah. Which in itself is fun. But the real neat part 
was getting to meet people from all over the world. Totally. And I guess in 2003, I was in England uh, for a few months. I, I might have talked about this a bit on the show. I took a year off school at university, went off to England for six months to live and just work and have fun. And part of it was to meet some of the guys who I'd met online cool. doing our racing stuff. We all had our own little teams, and we kind of simulated Formula One and how nice. the whole thing works. So it was great to like meet all these guys in person. And that That's was... Cool. It was fine. It was it was it was really different though. Just like mm. that whole concept mm -hmm. of people that you never would have connected with otherwise. And this before like a lot of social media or any of that kind of stuff yeah. existed, right? right? Yeah. So basically, all our communication was over email at the time. Yeah. And I might have seen like one or two pictures. Like I had a vague idea what these guys looked like. Mm. Uh, and some of them were like you know two decades older than me, like maybe late forties, fifties, or older. Right. Some of them were my age or even younger, like early twenties mm -hmm. or even teenagers. You know, did you but, have the whole thing of meeting up? Okay, I'm the one wearing the green shirt yeah. with the brown hair. <laughs> yeah, that's just it. Like it was yeah. just kind of a risque kind of like, yeah. weird, awkward thing. But we knew each other. Like you know, uh, we chatted and emailed and all the rest for like whatever a couple of years or more. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it it felt like such a groundbreaking thing to do. Yeah. At the time, and that I was think like that's, that sounds riskier to me than. When you've podcasted with someone, you yeah. know, even if you just know their voice, but video brings it to a whole other level. Totally. Because the stories yeah. you hear as a kid, I don't know if you heard these, it's like, don't share your email or your right. real address mm -hmm. or your phone number or your real name. Um, and I think that's the still people, good to it's not. It's still good. But, but the those. reasoning yeah. that it would always come to for my parents anyways is you don't know, you might be talking to some old man in his basement. Absolutely. That's always their yeah. like. And it still happens. And yeah. you still get those horror stories that are true where... Right. right. Yeah. But I think, yeah, the whole idea of video and even voice takes some of that away. Like, Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. There's still some things that people... I feel like people could still be sneaky and not be who they say they are and that kind of thing. But I think you're definitely right. I, I feel like these days, depending on the context and where you meet people online, it's a little safer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not as nervous for me as I am for younger kids. So yeah. I have a 12 year old cousin who makes, meets friends online, and I'm like, mm. "How much information are you given? How do you yeah. know these people?" And I feel so old because <laughs> I know if it was me, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'd meet up with these people," but it's because it's a 12 year old telling yeah. me about yep. it. I'm like, "Uh huh." And have you told your parents? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's very different for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'd still feel that way for sure about kids and my kids. My kids oh, yeah. are pretty young, but you might hear them in the background here because we're just hanging out on our back porch. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah you <laughs> might hear the neighbors like doing some weed whacking. <laughs> but you might also hear some lovely birds. Give some ambiance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have a really nice backyard. It's a great place to podcast. <laughs> it is, yeah. And not only this is the first time we've done a, a live show for this show, but first time I've ever done this, just to be able to chat with someone in person and record it. So. Yeah. You know, I've I've been meaning to, and I hope to do it again. But it's it's uh, another element of podcasting. We're so used mm -hmm. to it being this virtual digital thing all the time. For sure, we need to get more multi potentialite putty tribe people in your area <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that you could podcast with. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a few nice. people between here and Montreal. There's a few people around cool. in the putty tribe. Yeah. I think there's awesome. like one other person in Edmonton on the putty tribe. Yeah, but yeah. we chatted briefly about getting together, and then it didn't happen. Yeah, so maybe we need to do it, that. Make it work. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we uh, we were thinking about, we can just kind of uh, chit-chat about what it's like to meet in person. That's one thing. But we totally. do want to have a bit of a theme here. And it's great to have Taylor on the show, uh, of yeah. course, for the first time. But um, to give a bit of a different perspective, one topic we've bounced around for, I'm sure, years now is just <laughs> the concept of all of us here, members of the Putty Tribe. And, you know, we came to it for various ways and we... 
we chose to join this community, but a lot of us, of course, have partners, uh, you know, husbands, wives, or uh, maybe um, siblings, or, you know, other people that are close to us who kind of witness us join this community, mm-hmm. be part of it, and, and watch us do that from a distance. And, you know, it'd be interesting, our listeners here, to think about, do you talk about the Putty Tribe to the people you know? Do you ever explain it? I find I do because I often talk about this podcast and, you know, podcasting comes up for one way or another and I say, yes, I have a podcast and this is what it's about, which goes into explaining the whole Putty Tribe, Mm -hmm. which is fine. But it gives me an opportunity at least to talk about the group and also Mm -hmm. the concept. Yeah. So that's uh, that kind of adds to the whole experience, I think, of being with it. And the question then of how our, let's say, maybe significant others um, react to or respond to our involvement and our kind of embrace yeah. of this concept. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a great topic. Yeah. Like, it'd be great to hear more than just my voice on that, too. Like, I'd, I'm really excited to chat about that. I think it'd be interesting to see, to hear back once you put the episode out from other people in the Putty Tribe to say, oh, yeah, this is our experience. Or and, revisit yeah. it with some other guests again, too. Yeah. And other spouses or partners yeah. or siblings or whatever, yeah, right? Totally. Yeah. I remember when Vanessa, I guess two years ago or so. Yeah. And we weren't married yet, but we were living together. And you found the term multipotentialite. And I remember how that was just like so eye-opening for you because mm-hmm. you found a word that described you that was positive, that described yeah. why you weren't able to, why, why you found yourself always like jumping from thing to thing and interests all over the place and maybe why your jobs were jumping here and there. Mm-hmm. But to find a reason for that and a word that was positive and i think that really gave you some empowerment and yeah. it was exciting for you to be able to share that with me you're really excited to share that i was like okay cool and then when you found the putty tribe it was like there's this whole group of people that are just like yeah. me that we're not using negative terms that this isn't a negative thing that i have a bunch of things on my resume or that <laughs> yeah. uh you know i haven't fully learned french but instead i've learned a little bit of five languages <laughs> you know, you know? That sounds like me yeah. yeah right but that that's doesn't need to be a negative thing yeah so i, I yeah. remember the first time you found the group it was uh yeah something that you were excited to share with with me and i remember yeah, that i remember that moment really clearly yeah, yeah and i remember us talking about it and you're like well and i'm quoting you here i think i'm a bit of a multi-potentialite as well mm-hmm. but yeah. it has shown up differently mm-hmm. for us somehow which we can totally get into but yeah. for me it was yeah very eye-opening very like I want to say Eureka. Maybe that's. <laughs> I think it is so for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. and realizing that my dad also has very much. Uh, I think he's a multipotentialite, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it all kind of just came together when I figured out yeah. when I saw Emily's uh, TED Talk yeah. on Facebook, cool. uh, floating around. <laughs> I think that's how a lot of people have heard about it, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't remember that specific moment the way that you remember it, or like mm. I don't really remember it at all. But I'm sure that we started. We talk about everything, so we had yeah. conversations about it. Well, I think like, labels are are a really important part of how our brains work and categories. Yep. Like mm-hmm. you learn. So I'm interested in languages, and my background was in second language teaching. You talk about how the brain learns categories for things. So, for example, furniture, and then within that, you have couch and chair and lawn chair and whatever. Hmm. Uh, and that when your your brain wants to stick a label on it, so when you're able to say, "Oh, that's why my thinking." is in this way my interests are in this way it kind of gave you a little uh, place to belong and to yeah. understand so yeah it was an empowering moment yeah like, 
Yeah. Makes me feel kind of bad that I haven't been super active in the group lately. No. <laughs> I've just been busy. Yeah, we do our but, part, yeah. though. We do the show. Yeah, and, uh, that's true. You know, yeah. I think a lot of people, too, would uh, agree that it kind of comes in waves. Yeah. You might be really involved for a few weeks mm-hmm. or something. Exactly. And then, you know, I'll as, be back to Obviously, to as multi-potentialites, we get off to do other things. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way it is. I yeah. like having the constant of having the membership, though. Of, like, it's there. Yeah. I can always jump in. Yeah. Me too. You know, if if mm-hmm. you want to, if you feel the need to, and it's and there. I've been thinking about going on recently because I'm actually looking at a bit of a change of career and going on and maybe mm-hmm. uh, seeing what people have to say, sort of picking people's brains about yeah. applying for jobs as a multi potential aid. And actually, mm-hmm. um, not to go on to a different topic, but I'll just say quickly uh, in my re- cover letters, I've been mentioning. By the way, I consider myself a multi potential aid, but oh, really? why is this a good thing? It's because mm-hmm. uh, this job that I'm applying for has varied duties. And so therefore, because mm. I'm already used to being interested mm. in lots of different things, I can adapt and mm. I can do different things. And it- yeah, and I think there are very strong positives and negatives. Uh, or may- maybe negatives too strong of a word. But you know what I mean? Like d- different sides of being a multi potential aid too. Sure. How you can swing to your different advantage. Like there's always... I find with you compromise that you're trying to figure out. So, for example, working for yourself, but then finding, hmm, I miss other people or I'm getting tired of the mundane of chasing after people to work for me. Mm-hmm. But then if I work for someone else, then huh, I'm stuck to their schedule and I can't yes. make my own vacation. Or Ongoing so battle. <laughs> it is ongoing. Yeah, there's, there's always kind of this grass is always greener, which can be hard, too. So True. it means that you have tons of skills but that you're always thinking something else might be better. And I think that's a very classic yeah. multi-potentialite uh, struggle Yeah. with jobs. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to settle, right? Yeah. But now I want to ask you, because yeah. Taylor, you said that you do identify or certainly understand, sympathize with mm-hmm. multi-potentiality, and we can chat some For more sure. about that. But your approach was to um, commit to a profession and you're a teacher. Yeah. yeah. And how, have you, how did you come to that decision? Yeah, my biggest way I came to that decision is I said, what is a job that will be stable for me, which is important Mm -hmm. uh, and has a good benefit uh, package and pension package and all that, that'll keep me interested. So for me, that was teaching because I figured, well, that way you're working with little people who are changing day by day, they're never the same. So every single day is going to be different. And no matter what you plan to do that day will not be exactly what you plan to do that day. So it does keep you on your toes, always, always on my toes. (laughs) Hmm. And it changes even year by year. Uh, I'm a music teacher, um, but a lot of the times I'll end up teaching a little bit here and there, something else. So I also speak French. So I'm like, okay, this year we need you to teach music and grade six French immersion, Mm -hmm. whatever, math. Or we need you to teach, uh, last year was science and math grade three or there's always something else that gets thrown my way yeah which you probably embrace then i embrace yeah and it can be a lot sometimes i'm like mm. okay i'm you know like this past year we moved into a new province new school yep. uh, new curriculum uh so it's teaching music and then also my first time teaching grade three science and math and then they're like also we need you to teach grade six french Im- uh, french as a second language yeah so it was like okay that's asking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> so sometimes it's, yeah, a little much. You're really good at adapting, though. Oh, thank you. It's true. Like, you really went into that, and yes, it was stressful, and it was hard, and you had days where you came home, and you were like, I'm so tired, but at the same time, everybody loved you at the school, loves Aww. you at the school, and the kids love you, and... Um, <laughs> That's a good way. <laughs> no, it's true. It's really true. And so I think, like, teaching for you being a multipotentialite, because I think mm-hmm. you are a multipotentialite, too. Yeah. You're maybe not as all over the place as I am, but I think you definitely are. Could consider yourself that. But um, yeah. yeah, teaching is a really good choice for you. Yeah. You're good at yeah. it. And like you said, 
it's true. Every day you come home with a different story. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's true. I, you know, if I was more inclined or more interested in teaching, I would consider that kind yeah, of a profession a good, as well. But it's a good work for, for people who like mm-hmm. change every day. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I never wanted to sit at a desk yeah. and mm. have a solid nine, nine to five, same thing every day. Yeah. You know, That's start your day going through these reports and by afternoon you have to have Ugh. these things filed. Totally. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. No, thanks. Uh, that's the same with me. And yeah. so when I'm thinking about applying for jobs and changing mm-hmm. career and or moving on in my career or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. I think about, yeah, I've got to think about what uh, yeah. could be similar in terms of like having slightly different day every day and yeah. experience different One things. One frustration I see a lot with you too, uh, just as the partner supporting you, is needing to make money and survive in the world that we live in and in the economy yeah. and the way that the economy runs that we're in. So you like don't you can't have the flexibility that you want. And yeah. it's frustrating to live in a consumer society. And I see that frustration with you often when you're going through moments of transformation, like, okay, it's time for me to change my job or to change whatever it is. Yeah. That those things can be really frustrating. And, and I that I don't with it. 100% believe in that kind of economy yeah. mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. makes it hard. I feel yeah. like Ted can actually speak to this too, because Ted and I have chatted for years now about uh, doing our own thing, um, mm-hmm. having a business, having a regular job, right. <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, And as a partner, so I'll let Ted speak to yeah, it. Right. As you just said, Ted can speak to it. But just going back from the partner perspective, I can see that frustration. I think it can, to be completely honest, cause a little bit of tension to in relationships sometimes too. Yeah. You t- like anytime you have to talk in a relationship about finances, mm-hmm. it causes that tension, right? So it's yeah. you want to have fulfillment in life, but also have the proper income coming in. So it that creates, without getting too deep, it, do, it can yeah. create tension. Yep. And yeah. it, I think about that too. I'm like, yeah. don't want to as we were saying, settle for something that I'm going to be miserable doing. Yeah, of course. But also recognizing not every job is going to be 100% perfect necessarily. And if you find one, that is great. Never let go. Never let go of it. (laughs) I see. I've been learning the only way is pretty obvious. I guess the only way you ever really know what's going to work for you is if you try something. Totally. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to jobs and even like broadly career profession, like that's that could be years or even a lifetime worth of, of trying things out. And I think that's why so many of us have trouble settling because you try Mm -hmm. something and, you know, if you try a job and I've had a couple where you couldn't stand it day one and I left like after a day or two, like I've quit jobs just like that. Mm -hmm. Most of the time I'm pretty smart and cagey (laughs) and like very cautious from the beginning of the jobs I even apply to in the first place. Yeah, Mm -hmm. It's been a few, it's interesting, it's been a few years since I've even like looked at my resume and applied for a job because Mm -hmm. I found the job Mm -hmm. I have now and overall the pros have outweighed the cons so i haven't really gone through that process of like trying to find a new job and all that kind of stuff but i remember when i did mm. that i would kind of self what do they call it like self um no like uh, kind of weed my own weed myself out you know oh. like um yeah, I gotcha. like cut myself out of like potential things whereas people mm. might say well apply for a whole bunch of things right and then right. you'll never see you'll you'll, f- you'll see what happens and you kind of expand your opportunities and I would like hold myself back from that because I knew I'm not going to apply for a job that I, I right. can tell already I'm not going to like. And see, I used to do that. And now I'm doing more of what you're saying you do, yeah. which is really trying to be choosy because right. yeah. I, you know, now we have these great uh, resources like this website Glassdoor, which I, right. I applied for a job and I was like, you know what, before I apply, I'm going to go on Glassdoor. And it's this website where people can write reviews of their own employers anonymously. 
And so I went on there and, you know, was like, well, this organization doesn't have great reviews, but I'm still going to apply for the job. And then maybe I could even ask about it in the interview process because the interview is not not just about them figuring out if they like me. It's also me figuring out if I like them. Mm -hmm. So and it might hurt you getting the job. Who cares? Right. Because if if they take that personally and they're not working on it then you don't want that job. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I just, yeah, yeah I, I'm doing this now where I'm yeah. being more choosy and trying to do more research into mm-hmm. what I'm potentially well, applying for. I can for, also right? imagine somebody listening right now going, yes and no, I would take any job right now. Sure, right? of course. Yeah. It's then that's the tough thing is that there's the pros and the cons and the compromises that sometimes you're stuck in a situation where you'll literally take anything because jobs are Because you need a job. By, hard to come by. Totally. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. But even then, if that was the case, and it's kind of the case with my job right now because I wasn't mm-hmm. going to go back this year. I, oh, you weren't? No. Yeah, okay. yeah I, you, were talk- you were saying I that. I talked about that on this show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was all set to like kind of get into like podcasting and combine it with travel and tours and all this kind of stuff cool. and oh, you know um, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> travel gonna work and I that? launched yeah. a travel podcast right when COVID was starting <laughs> that yes, was great that's been a, a whole thing <laughs> yeah so I realized I had to make a decision very quickly both uh, my wife and I Emily and um, is in the middle of March when everything happened within mm-hmm. the course of like four or five days there yep including the offer or the kind of the request to me am I going to go back this summer and they said right. you know you need to tell us yes or no so I had like a weekend to think about it. Oof. It was pretty obvious I couldn't really walk away from a stable job at a time like this. Right. right. But otherwise I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't have done it. So yeah, it was um it that that I guess comes back to that point that well, if it's in the short term, you know, or if mm. it's an emergency kind of thing, you do what you got to do. But I I made that choice to come back knowing, okay, this might sound like a broken record. But right. this time will be the last time, right? <laughs> we're, we're basically assuming, and we, we're, it, it helps to have it in your mind that you're planning for it, you know, mm-hmm. so that a year from now, or let's say next spring, when again I would have to make that decision. Yeah. I may have already yeah. made it by then anyway, but mm-hmm. that, um, uh, you know, I'm not going to just keep saying, well, I should probably go back. I should choose stability. I should mm-hmm. choose yeah, a safe yeah, yeah. thing. Because you've got to make that break at some point. Yeah. If that's what's in your heart, right? If mm-hmm. that's what's... Yeah what's just what's mm-hmm. going to drive you so you know it's true next year i don't expect i don't want to get into a whole bunch of pandemic stuff here but just <laughs> i don't expect yeah. things <laughs> to really change or so-called improve you know by next year or a year from now but i think if we're prepared for it financially yeah. and everything else and you can also make the argument that there's opportunities that come from these big upheavals right yeah for um, sure including in travel and tourism so you know, I feel confident that next mm-hmm. year it'll work out and, and it'll be, it will be the time. It will mm-hmm. be the time to make that change. But that just it. You, you kind of, you do have to make the best decision in the moment, but it doesn't yeah, have to be for sure. forever. For and sure. um, yeah, and that's the thing. And whenever I would apply for jobs, like I usually only have like one or two applications out at mm-hmm. a time because okay. like those are the only jobs I found that were interesting that made sense. Right. right. Yeah. So it did kind of put the pressure, the onus on like, I better mm. get this job because if I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I usually did. But I that's think that's point. kind of a karmic or a, an energy type thing where, you know, I knew this is the job I wanted. Yeah. And I'm going to interview really well. I'm going to prepare for it. And yeah. uh, to the point where... I felt I always felt pretty confident that I would get it when I was in Vancouver, mm-hmm. which was back in, in 2009, and I wanted to be a tour guide and work and travel there. Mm-hmm. And there was one company that I knew was I'd heard great things about, and I'd done lots of research and all the rest, and that's the only place I wanted to work. I didn't apply right. for any others. There's a whole bunch of travel companies yeah, to be yeah, a tour yeah. guide. I only applied for the one, and I just <laughs> I just kept you know calling and banging on the door until yeah. finally <laughs> they got into the hiring process, and I did the interview, and then they didn't call me back for like four weeks, and I'm mm. like, 
chasing after them to just get the answer. When I finally yeah, yeah. did, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to give you the job. We're just not sure when you're going to start. It's like, <laughs> okay, well, great, thanks. I'm yeah. glad you told me that. But, you know, because <laughs> I think because later. I had that focus, like, this is the job I want. I yeah. know who I want to work for. Yep. And so I'll call them. Yeah. yeah. I've had so that experience, too. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've also had that experience thinking that a place was going to be really great and it ended mm. up being really bad. Uh, this has happened twice to me shoot. where it was the same thing where I was like literally like calling them. Right. Going over to their, you know, location. Yeah. The exact you're just, same. Your gut read wrong. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So I'd like to avoid that. But um, yeah. so how was it working for the tour company then? It was good. Okay. I mean, I would have stayed longer. I stayed for a year and a half when the whole time I was in Vancouver and I left largely because, as you guys know, uh, Vancouver is a very expensive city. Yes. <laughs> we moved to Edmonton from Vancouver because it's, too expensive. it's yeah. so expensive. It's just, it, it's ridiculous. And yeah. it kind of sucks the fun or the enjoyment out of living there. <laughs> so, and I was ready to travel some more. So that was why I left. But I always thought, you know, it was a decent uh, place. It was a good company. Uh, it's called Land Sea Tours. And, uh, oh, I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah it, absolutely. It, they've really okay. taken off. And that was even now is 10 years I've ago. I've seen their ads. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they become even bigger. But um, so I'm glad I had that experience. And, yeah, for sure. You know, even the job I have now with Parks Canada here in Ottawa, like uh, it's been a good job overall. Uh, I'm ready for a change. It's but, nice you know. that you have a bit of a season for your job. So yeah. you are yeah, off nice. in the winters, right? Yeah, so nice. you can kind of have some flexibility in the yeah. winters of what you want to pursue and yeah, yeah. excites you and stuff right. like that. Yeah. And when you get into those moments where, you know, the job's driving you crazy or whatever <laughs> else, it's like, yeah. well, I only have a few more weeks and right. something and then the season's, the season's over. Yeah. So right. I can certainly stick with it for that long. And you right. get um, like season, like what is that called? E- I guess EI when you're not yeah. working, right? So yeah. yeah. Well, so that kind of helps. Be- <laughs> <laughs> hey, say hello? Dis bonjour. No. Tu vas chanter une chanson? Hugo? That was Hugo. Hugo makes his appearance on the podcast. Please keep well. that in. Don't edit that out, please. That <laughs> he's like, he's that looking for cute. mommy. Mama. Yeah. Hugo's two and a half In case years you old. guys didn't realize, they speak French at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could see seasonal work being a good way to get that in. And the other thing I could imagine, uh, just kind of, well, I guess from how I get in, my interest is keeping them as hobbies, too. Like, oh, yeah. as a music teacher. I was going to say, we should talk about that, too. Right. right. Well, even as a music teacher and with other music teachers, when I talk to them, you have to continue looking for your own fulfillment in music outside of a classroom. Yes. I've always thought that about music teachers. Yeah, because, yeah. and I think teachers, some don't, and then they're not completely completely fulfilled because you're not going to yeah. get that music fulfillment no. from the kids. Like, you get a different <laughs> kind of fulfillment with the kids. It's different, sure. yeah different kind of creativity teaching engagement uh, all sorts of things but not quite the same as your own yeah. music fulfillment and i haven't been following my own advice over the last few years because mm. i did years and years of choir oh, yeah. uh, and then moving to a new city just once in a while though you get stressed and you're like i need to play guitar and i'm like do it yeah, and i love yeah, it yeah. i love you sit down but and you play your guitar different with playing with other people too um so i've talked about that for a long time yeah. like, okay it's time to either when join a choir when or covid something. craziness yeah. is over it would be awesome if you could join Whatever. something yeah. yeah need to join something yeah, yeah. But I can imagine that being a thing. Yeah. So you do the job that you need to do for whatever reasons, because we live in society, mm-hmm. but then you can do all your hobbies. I have had that yeah. conversation on the Putty Tribe like a few times. And I'm sure. I'm sure. it's always this question of, do we always need to monetize everything we do? And no. I, the answer is no. Right. Um, but it's so hard when you feel like you have to work hours yeah. and hours and hours every week to be yeah. able to do the things that fulfill you. That's really well, hard. It can, it, it can take the fun out of it. And that's what mm. you're seeing a little bit right now. You still love podcasting. Yeah. So yeah. for those who don't know, I'm doing a lot of podcast producing, which yeah. um, podcast producing actually can encompass a lot of different things. But what I'm finding is people 
actually want me to do editing more mm. so than anything else. Getting and I'm getting really editing. tired of yeah. that. Yeah. And I'm in this crossroads of trying to decide, do I put a lot of energy into getting clients that don't just need me for editing and need my expertise? And how do I charge them for that? How much do I charge? Mm. Will anybody ever hire me? And, mm. you know, the other side of the crossroads is, do I get a steady job? Mm. And I'm leaning more towards that other side of the crossroads right now because mm. yeah. they're having a steady job would sort of allow for some things that are my priority right now. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. Money wise, I guess. Money wise. And well and just from a partner's standpoint too, is when it's in your heart to make those changes and to take risks, it's important to take them. But when you have a partner that adds an extra little bit into the equation too that you obviously have to take into account too. Right. And we've discussed in our relationship how I'm like, okay, you've taken lots of risks. You went back to school, tried running two businesses, this and that's my turn. So we that's something we personally have talked about where I'm like, okay, I want to be able to take some risks Go, financially. Yeah, and get your master's degree. And, and yeah. maybe try you know, some different stuff within education in the future and that I haven't been able to do because you need, for us anyways, one person yeah. that has that stability. Yep. Um, so it's just, while well, we're talking about having a partner here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're it does, totally it right. does change the equation a little bit. Well, for Taylor, but just before we wrap up, I did want to yeah. ask you, do you feel the need to have a community or to join the community of mm-hmm. multi-potentialites in this case, or are you able to live it kind of vicariously through Vanessa? Well, that's a great question. I haven't felt a need, honestly, and I don't know quite why that is. Part of it might be also your Vanessa's extremely extroverted. She loves that connection with people and finding a community. I wouldn't say extremely, you would say extremely but I would say more than you. Definitely more <laughs> than me. So by the time I'm finished school with, uh, we, I call them contact points, and I didn't create that. There's a friend of mine was telling me about that. So each person you talk to in a day is a contact point. Right. And as someone who gets my energy being alone, throughout the day talking to hundreds of children and adults and I have so many and each of those kids give me multiple contact points depending how many times they talk to you Um, so I'm just drained by the end of the day so I don't have a lot of room to be bored Um, (laughs) um, so yeah I haven't found the need and Vanessa and I talk a lot so when she finds that she's found something that she wants to share with me she does yep yeah definitely I haven't found quite the need but yeah yeah that's but a really, really good question, yeah. I'm really glad that you have that community. And yeah, yeah, like I said, I need to get back on it more. But um, <laughs> I think once we're, like, done traveling and whatever, I'll get back into mm-hmm. a rhythm. Yeah. And I think I find my interests, uh, I do have a po- hobby podcast on the side. I have done music in the past, whether it's a choir or starting a jam session or whatever it is or practicing a language or trying to write a book or you know i do try to make myself continue those hobbies yeah um and it has been interesting yeah talking about it and thinking about it oh yeah maybe that does fit me i just decided to go with teaching and kind of sure and and you can be a multi-potentialite and not have a job that reflects that right Right. like you could be a multi-potentialite and be Mm -hmm. i'm trying to think of a job that isn't very that is very like regular or isn't very super creative. Yeah, something or... pushing files. You can also be a multi-potentialite and not be super, super creative, quote unquote, in the right, typical yeah, sense, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You could be mm-hmm. somebody who's more into mm-hmm. STEM, which is not not creative. No, you yeah. definitely. Well, and actually, I think my dad's a multi-potentialite thinking about it. Because at one point between university and teacher's college, I told my parents, nope, scrapping it all. I want to go to film school. Okay. <laughs> and they went, how about you finish your original plan and then maybe you go film school. <laughs> and it was good advice because I was just like, at the time I was really, I made a film for university for a project. It went pretty big. I was doing all sorts of things with it. So I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. And I, in the now looking at it, I'm glad I did. And my dad sat me down. He's like, you know what? 
I went into graphic design because I'm an artist and it took the fun out of it because he had kind of like with podcasting and he was starting his own business. He's like, I put so much work getting clients and getting this and that. He did pretty well, but in the end, the the company folded and he's like, and I haven't been able to do art for years. And now he's getting close to retirement and he's doing his art again and it's something fun that he enjoys. And he told me he works for for the federal government. He's like, I'm able to find ways to be creative in this job that, I just kind of feel I have to go to, but I find ways. If I'm going to make a spreadsheet, it's going to be a really cool spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. So how how many years have you been teaching now? I'm going into my ninth. Okay. Bonkers. That is. Yeah. So have you ever had a moment where you struggled with that decision to settle? Oh, yeah. Oh, all the time. Yeah, because I started at 23. So I know I do know I'm not going to go right into my retirement doing the same thing I always do. Um, But I've managed to keep it interesting. I was high school trained. And then my first uh, full time job, they're like, oh, we need a seven, eight teacher. Okay, I've never worked in seven, eight, but okay. And I taught gifted education. So that was a total new thing. Uh, And then I got a job teaching kindergarten to seven music and P.E., that was wild because kindergartners are super tiny and adorable, but you're afraid to step on them. Um, but also, it's been changing up all the time. you taught like 400 students. Yeah, yeah I did. Total. I taught, it was a yeah, lot of students. students. <laughs> in English and French. Yeah. It was wow. interesting. Yeah. So it's, it keeps interesting. That's a lot of contact points. <laughs> right. Oh, yes. so much. Taylor come, um, would come home just like, I can't talk for 30 yeah. minutes. And I was like, I get it. <laughs> Yeah. And it does. So eventually I want to do my master's and hopefully that will lead to some kind of different career within education. But that's also put some pressure I've put on myself for what that master's will be in. A lot of teachers will just go for a general uh, master's in education to make their pay okay. go up higher where I'm looking at, well, do I want to go into administration or something like school psychologist or curriculum advisor or, you know, I'm th- kind of thinking of a shoot off second career down the line because I know the way my brain works and the way I am. I'm not going to make it to 65 just doing the same thing all the time. Totally. I, I'm going to need to change at some point. Yeah. So, yeah, there are things to think about. Totally. Yeah. So that gives you something to look forward to and That's work towards. That's true, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very true. That's nice. Yeah. And I'm not ready to do that yet either because I still love what I'm doing and uh-huh. I want to go back to teaching high school and I got lots of things to try out and do before I get totally bored and ready for <laughs> something totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, we always seem to revolve back to chatting about jobs, jobs and always <laughs> careers uh, professions work. yeah yeah i think it's like we spend a majority of our time we do working yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. and i think that that's mm-hmm. why that the conversation always comes back to that i have my own thoughts about the fact that we spend so many hours a week working yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. that's for maybe another episode I agree with you <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah i think that's why we always come back to it because we spend mm. so much time and i would be curious to see what other partners would say about mon- when you ask them what does it mean for your partner to be multi-potential or mm. or what does this meant in your lives to see where they go with it because yeah. for me right away it's what affects the two of us the most is is work it's because it's the joint finances it's your your goals that you have together as a team yeah and hobbies affect that as well but not nearly as much as uh as jobs and as work yeah you're right yeah so i would be interested to see like yeah Yeah, well we should some other people and see if they want to this could be an ongoing theme for sure it could be yeah that'd be cool and that's what's interesting in your examples Mm because you identify at least 
partly you understand yeah, partly. you know yeah. the concept yeah. and all that's not a foreign thing to you because mm-hmm. we know that there's lots of people who are like complete yeah. opposite how can you not just choose the one thing right yeah oh yeah okay so it'd be interesting to to talk to uh, someone on the show maybe with their partner right and right. and in a positive constructive way but to mm-hmm. try to understand that mm, line of thinking yeah. i guess mm-hmm. and i could see that causing a bit of frustration even honestly yeah. which could be hard to talk about on a podcast it could I'm be sure. could yeah. be but if you keep yeah. it an environment where it's uh, all Comfortable. comfortable yeah just yeah. sort of exploring and a safe space feels safe to me it's a nice old backyard <laughs> <laughs> especially here yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you know what's funny like we're sitting here and i'm used to hearing your voice in my ears yeah and i'm like thinking about what the next thing i want to say or a question right and i'm used to hearing your voice and it's coming through over the computer yeah and i look up and you're sitting right in front and of I'm me right here. Oh, <laughs> there you are yeah that's pretty cool yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it was really fun being on here yay yeah, yeah. glad really good you're welcome back anytime <laughs> oh thanks sure, sure. yeah we could do it remotely you know as we were talking about <laughs> like yeah we uh we had some good feedback on our last episode where we switched gears a bit we did our biographies yeah that was fun it was fun yeah, i liked reading about uh what's his face Howard Hughes. <laughs> I forgot his name. Yeah, like, I remember his entire biography <laughs> exactly. except for his name. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're going to keep doing that. I, I, I think we enjoy putting it together. It's kind of fun to read from a script I found. Like there yeah, was a actually, little bit. It was different, but, yeah. you know, that to have put the thought into writing it and putting it together. Mm-hmm. And I like, I mean, I, I like reading from a script, but then you can still be a little spontaneous, of course. And for sure. It doesn't have to be super strict, but it was, uh, it was a different kind of experience for doing a show like this. And the person who brought that forward was Flo, or Flo, if you want to say it in the German way, Uh Uh, because he's Austrian, right? Yep. And I want to put out there, if you like what you heard in that last episode, which was episode 61, I believe, you're welcome to help us out. Uh, If you want to help us do some research, you could kind of write some of these biographies for us. Totally. We'll read them. I mean, you're welcome to read them too, of course, if you want. We can tell you how that works. But if you just want to write it up or do some research for us, helps us out. We all get to learn something yeah. and uh, put together another interesting episode. So I'll throw that out there too. Totally. For anybody listening, members of the Putty Tribe, the door's always open to help us here at the Multipod. Any other ideas you might have that are not biographies as well? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Sounds interesting. And Taylor, where can people find you? Uh, I'm mostly in my other podcast, Tiny Fences, everywhere. Yep. Just Google it. You'll find yeah. it. Tiny Fence comes from the the stake in the first episode of Buffy and uh, Xander, one of the characters, thought, is that for building a really little tiny fence? And that's She's like, no, it's for slaying vampires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. That wasn't quite how it worked, but yeah. <laughs> that's, that was a good Buffy impression. Thank you. <laughs> Bang on. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming over, yeah, guys. Yeah, thanks. thanks. When you're back in town again, we'll do it again. Sounds, Sounds good. good.